0: Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Shoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and Josh at www.topfs.co.uk.
1: Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too.
0: Hello, it's Mark Schoffman here with the latest episode of the In For A Penny podcast. I hope you're enjoying the hot weather out there. Here's something cool for your ears. It's the second part of our interview with entrepreneur Josh Landy. You may remember from episode one that he is the founder of a sports events company called Play With A Legend that lets you have a kick about with some of the greatest football stars of the 90s. In this second part, he tells us his business inspiration and his approach to spending and saving. Who's who's the favourite legend you've dealt with? It's an interesting one, isn't it? It
1: doesn't want to upset anyone who's listening.
2: Just growing up as a huge Arsenal fan, and I think back to my childhood bedroom, having posters of these people on the wall, it's then quite weird to have so many of them who have done events. Maybe if I had to pick one, Paul Merson was probably one of my favorite yes. Arsenal players growing <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> Josh is just going to his favourite celebration from the ninety-three cup final. Like when I was six, seven, eight, nine going to my first Arsenal games, he was one of my favorite players. And and he is exactly as he comes across. He is just the most wonderful character, loves talking football, being around football fans. And still loves playing football. So, particularly in those early years of the company, you would just think we're going to have a great day when we're when we're with when we're with Merse. So, on the play with the legend side of him, then uh, yeah, it would probably probably be Merce. But look, so many of the ex players still, you know, lo- love turning up and and playing football. And you know, Touchwood, we don't really have any any issues with any of the ex-players. And if we did, then probably you'd know that they weren't the right people for our event and you possibly wouldn't ask them back.
1: Mark, who would you pick? If you could play with any uh, legends apart from me, who would you like to play with? I
0: probably would have gone for Paul Merson, but if I have to go for another, maybe Ian Wright. But I imagine he's pretty expensive.
2: Yeah, Wrighty has righty actually had long-term... Uh, ankle injuries, I think, from wow. the end of his career. So he's never done uh, an event with us in that matter. But, yeah, as as a fellow Arsenal fan, he was obviously one of the absolute heroes, the guy that was scoring all the goals when we were growing up. So, yeah, that would have been amazing. And, and what a personality he is as well.
0: Hmm. Joshua
2: Gersler,
1: what about you? I would, to play with someone, I'd love to play with either on real Burkamp just to see how ridiculously skillful they are in person. You want to be but most I... front free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gersler, real Burkamp. <laughs> but I think to to sit and have a chat, um, someone like Tony Adams, I think I'd like to hear some of his stories. Yeah. One about being a leader and two, just some of the fun that he had in his sort of naughty days. I think would be interesting to hear about. Now, Tony is an amazing company and
2: he's, doing some fantastic, you know, charity work and improvement. I mean, Sporting Chance Clinic, there's so much that he's involved in. He's he's just wonderful company. It's funny you talk there, Josh, about skill. And one of the questions we get asked often is, is, can you sort of still tell the... You know, we look at players and think they're really good, but you can still tell. I mean, like, for example... You no, know, Teddy Sheringham was someone we probably all shouted profanities at when we were going to watch Arsenal, Spurs, or Arsenal Man United. But oh my god, like watching him even these days is an absolute joy. Like he is so brilliant on the ball. Like he can pull a ball out of the air. Like it, it drops at his foot. Passes go where he wants. It's still you can see even 15 years after the career ended, the players that were on just a level above even other Premier League players leticia is probably another one just doesn't have any we never really have pace in the traditional sense right and he certainly doesn't have I think there else. only is
1: one sense for pace
2: <laughs>
1: a bit but the
2: way that he can also like ping a ball and it, it, the sound it makes and, and the direction it takes and you know chipping a goalie from 30 yards just some of the things that i've seen him do even you know at our events down at st mary's over the years is it, just you know, absolutely amazing. So, there is still that level of, of skill and brilliance that comes even many years after the careers ended.
1: Who would you say, uh, from a business point of view, has been the most influential in your career? In, in terms of influences on business,
2: I think we're all going to think to our family in terms of, of, of first and foremost. So, I think one of the things that my dad in in sort of me was probably not taking huge risks i probably have been fairly slow and steady in the way that i've built the business and working on relationships and trust you know which which has served him very well my, my father in property has served him incredibly well over the years like one of the things that we were very clear on from the start of the business is that we would be like the promptest payers in the world like we are paying people a day or two after they've done the work, there isn't this 30-day waiting for for funds that there is from so many industries and, and businesses. Now, in a sense, starting as an events company where you're taking people's money, let's say a month in advance or you know final payments coming in a month in advance, it's easier to pay people out really promptly. But we've taken that into all the businesses and even now where we are. Um, obviously invoicing let's say broadcasters who might even pay 45 days or 60 days if it's a talent who's done the work with us we are paying the following day and that kind of trust that that gives you has helped us especially because unashamedly we have needed to rely on people recommending us introducing us and it happens every couple of weeks even it's funny like people ask me oh where did you meet where did I meet Jose Enrique, the, the former Liverpool and Newcastle left back, who I speak to every day because I'm I organise like his day-to-day media work, which is a mix of UK and, and, and heavily in Spain stuff, as you as you can imagine. And the answer was, well, Glenn Johnson introduced us. People ask, Well, where did you meet Michael Richards, who's, you know, one of the you know, doing unbelievably well in, in the media at the moment? Well, the answer was I've done a bit of work with his best friend jolien Lescott, and Jolion introduced us and and so much of that has just been organic and, and working and, and building up trust. So that's um, that's probably definitely come from my dad. You, know, you mentioned my, my cousin there earlier, who's who's done the most incredible things with his production company. He has, you know, now in Stateside doing the Late Late Show in America as well as so much stuff. He is always on the end of a phone in terms of um, advice, and he has dealt with so many high-profile people that, that sometimes – knowing a little bit from his experience and negotiations and dealing with people that their motivations are not necessarily, you know, financial. It's, you know, it's how do you commit someone that a piece of work might be in their best interest and your best interest. So he's also been tremendously helpful. So between those two, I don't say that I have particularly got a business guru who has, uh, Massively influenced me. I see a business coach about once a month who really that just feels like I mean, everyone's doing therapy these days, right? Everyone's got a therapist and he feels a bit like a business therapist. Sometimes I come out of it and I'm just like, all I've done is speak at him for an hour, but I always feel better after we've done it and you've just talked through. If only that you have got your notes from last time and it gives you a kick up the ass to make sure that the things you spoke about and said you were going to solve by the time you spoke again you that you are solving them because it's really easy to to otherwise sweep it's things. it's good to have someone co- to hold
1: you accountable to yourself isn't it
2: yeah yeah absolutely and and he does do that and much as we've had to turn that online in in recent months uh, it, the principle um still applies
1: great mark do you want to move to our sort of uh traditional questions
0: that we ask everyone that josh has had a chance to okay to see okay i've got them are you ready A quick fire round well, it doesn't have to be quick. Uh, so, Josh, tell us the best advice you've been given about money.
2: Yeah, I think the best advice I've been given is working with within your means. It's very tempting at the start of the business to listen to all these PR companies that wanted to work with you. And I've had it with Play With Legend. I had it with Bait With A Legend. You go in and have the meetings when you're looking to people. And you can end up feeling like you've done this agree to spend two or three times the money that you you wanted to go and spend because people will convince you that you need to work at something for 6 months rather than maybe 3 months and things like that i think you have to be very clear and focused and, and not be led astray by you know other people who will always want to you know pull out as much money uh, from the business i think that's uh, one of the the challenges right people look from the outside and try and work out well well how much are you charging for events you 're doing this many events? It feels like you 're making you know good money and and not really understanding all the costs that that go into it so yeah being being very uh, headstrong in not letting other people dictate where you spend your money and ensuring you really yeah, don't don 't spend more than than you 'd intended to at a certain point
1: it 's interesting you say about people not appreciating the the time or the effort that goes into something because a lot of people don 't see. What goes on behind the scenes, whether that be having to spend three years at university to plough your trade, or going on professional courses. I think a lot of people just see the output, and maybe that's a compliment to you. They might see something and think, "Well, that looks easy," um, but but they're not quite getting the bigger picture.
2: Yeah, look, right now with bareface Talent, you're an agent for explorers, right? So you're always gonna have the fear that the talent you're working with are gonna go why do you deserve to take that percentage out of this What You're you constantly almost having to prove yourself, prove your value. So whether that's by, of course, getting them a better deal than, than they might have been able to get themselves or helping them think logistically about the sort of deal they should be taking on or exploring new avenues that they probably hadn't thought of. You're constantly having to prove yourself. But at the moment, you're spending huge amounts of time Having calls, going to meetings in, in normal times or doing things like this on Zoom, of things that don't end up going anywhere. So you can't just value the things that end up um, giving you money. You have to be able to justify everything that's going into it um, in total.
0: So are you a saver or a spender?
2: Probably a saver in terms of the approach I've taken in terms of slow and steady. But I I guess not to sit on the fence, it's a bit of both. We've had to reinvest at certain points. It's really easy to not spend the money on a bit of marketing or not ask someone to go and film a couple of events to keep your promo video fresh or, or whatever it may be. But you need to. And it took me a while to accept that. You do need to do a bit of, you know, speculate to accumulate. You don't want to come on to... The website even now we're three months into online baking events and I'm like oh we, we almost look you know we need to keep it fresh we've done all these new events we need to get the new faces on and show the new classes that we're doing so overall I would tell you, I'm more naturally of a saver my wife is a spender so between the two of us we uh, so balance out yeah
0: and what about cash or cards but these days, you can probably not use too much cash. Yeah,
1: that's probably a question we've got to scrap moving forward, yeah. isn't it?
2: <laughs> well, in terms of dealing with some of the ex-rubbers at the very start of the business, they were definitely cash orientated I-, I would Fair say right. that, and that that was a uh, a lesson that we we had to go. But um, you know, we've been so clear from from the start. I think that that model of uh, of business is, is never going to operate. We were very, we're very, very straight, very kosher, um, appropriately. Um, but But, in terms of um, you know maybe the, the mentality of cash of, of not putting things on on cards has been absolutely there that the money as soon as you know it 's come in that you know we are happy to send it out the day after the um, event but yeah in the day to day of the business we you know there is precious little cash, but the mentality of of being happy for it to go out um, as soon as um, events are done is is probably there in the mentality
0: and What would you do personally if you won the lottery?
2: Well, I'd like to think that I'd still find a way to stay connected with football in in some capacity because it's my passion, because I can't really imagine doing something that had nothing to do with it. But don't get me wrong, I'd probably be looking for very safe investments, whether that be you know, property <laughs> that that comes to mind. I, I, I'm sure I'd be wanting to, you know, invest it. it, it you know, I'm, I'm aware it doesn't make sense just to to leave it sitting into the bank. Whether I could therefore have the determination to bring it and invest in the company, I'm sure I would. I, I can't imagine not working or anything like that. I would probably start thinking what we spoke about earlier in terms of more with the legends and and employing some more stuff because I think what we've got are some really great ideas if you look at us on Google and Google terms play with the legend bait with the legend you just see a sea of five, five star reviews and I'm really proud about that and I don't think it means that we've like exhausted all the People that are out there as potential customers I think we've probably touched such a small amount in truth so I would yeah I would probably be looking to to reinvest
0: in myself please remember anything discussed in this programme should not be viewed as financial advice but if you do need support please contact me at mark m-a-r-c at cavendishcontent.com or visit the Orchard Practice website at www.topfs.co.uk
1: you can also find us on twitter at infrapennypod1 at Mark Shoffman and at Josh Gersler. If you'd like to leave us feedback, there's a link in the show notes telling you how to do that. We really appreciate any comments you provide.
0: And do post any financial issues you'd like us to cover.
2: Thank you for being in for a penny.